0: Hello. Hello. I'm Mark. And I'm Joe. And this is Finish, finish
1: big. big.
0: Yeah, we are listening our way through all big finish releases in pretty much the right order. Pretty much the right order? What does that mean? Well, we're sort of lumping them together, aren't we? So
1: No, I thought you had the, a whole chronology worked out where we were doing these things in the order they were released. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. That's why we're not doing all the main ranges, that's why we're into cutting yes. with rando things like Earth search Mind Warp.
0: <laughs> Which is a classic now. Arama. <laughs> Arama.
1: <laughs> <Zip>. <laughs> uh, and
0: this week we are doing another spin-off <gasps> from the worlds of Doctor Who. <laughs> the first big spin-off. Well, actually the first spin-off.
1: <laughs> oh no, that's the music for Series 2.
0: <laughs> it's very subdued music for this in Series 1, isn't it? Mm, the, the title is It's music. brilliant. Um, so it's Dalek Empire Series 1, everybody. That's right.
1: I am Joe Ford. The Daleks do not want you to listen to this podcast. They say it will give you hope.
0: <laughs> <laughs> what do you remember when this came out? Did you listen to it at the time? Yeah, I did. I got
1: all four CDs at the time. There was one a month, I think. Um, yeah, pretty much. And I remember listening to the first one. I actually have had vivid memories of listening to this uh, back in uh, Southgate in Crawley, in my mum's house, and listening to the first one and being like, oh, I'm not sure what the hell is this all about? Because the doctor wasn't in it and there was no companions. And I was like, this is all a bit odd. And then by the time I got to Project Infinity, oh, I was fucking sold and then some. I was like, this is the most exciting thing that's ever happened in Doctor Who. It went
0: down well, like critically acclaimed, I would say, for a big finish Yeah, I'd say so.
1: And Uh, I think it's still pretty fondly remembered now.
0: Yeah. Um, I didn't listen to it or get them at the time. It was years later. I think, there was a big finish sale. Because what I expected it to be was Daleks doing a lot of chat. A bit maybe like those 60s comic strips where it's just Daleks talking to each other. I, that's what I was expecting and but I was very pleasantly surprised the way that this was done because it's not that. Can
1: I immediately hit you with a and fascinating bit of trivia?
0: Oh, go on, the, hit well, me.
1: Hit me with your ribbons to Hit me. Um... <laughs> with your <laughs> you just said the, the 21st, the annuals, the Dalek annuals. Yeah, the, the, the... Like those sixty comic strips, yeah. So the original Dalek series, Doctorless series, was conceived when the Beneath Summerfield Series 1 audios were being made. They didn't think they were ever going to get the Doctor Who license. So they thought they might be able to get the rights for the Daleks. Uh. and not for Doctor Who. So the original idea was for Nick Briggs to do the Dalek annual stories. So that might be what you got instead of the main
0: range. Oh, my God. Imagine. Do you think it'd be still going now, like 20 years (laughs) later? (laughs) All those Daleks. I I mean, they pretty much are doing a Dalek series on their own, aren't they? It's nearly, you know, this year. I mean, people say it's not true, but it is. Nearly every other release is the Daleks, yeah. like nowadays.
1: Well, the thing is, though, it's like Doctor oh. Who magazine and David Tennant on the
0: cover, right? Oh, here we go. No, 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 wait. <laughs> because it sells. That's why they do it. Now, no, well, it doesn't because I see a Dalek in a story. You know, big finish box set, Seventh Doctor, Harry and whoever meets a Dalek. I'm like, oh, it's Daleks again immediately not interested oh, i hate to break this to you. i'm not a big fan of the daleks Can but they are
1: yeah you are one of six million no six bi- six billion people on this planet not everyone thinks like you you know <laughs> yeah, some people I... just see a dalek out on those front of those six billion saying, people who's well, well, a give fan it a of go. the
0: daleks and nicholas briggs oh,
1: they've <laughs> flogged these fucking daleks to death now
0: though haven't they like it's too many it's nowadays too much, but yeah. at this point we just had those dalek empire store well we'd had what well, we had Genocide Machine, Apocalypse Element, and Mutant Phase. That's that all Big Finish had done.
1: Phase. In terms of the Daleks.
0: And yeah. you know, we enjoyed some of those. Um, so having their yeah, as I said, having those own the own series, I really wasn't sure, but I was so pleasantly surprised about how this was done. And, you know, Terry Nation tried to do his 60s Dalek, you know, and that didn't yeah. work out. And would it be. Oh, was it going to be something like that? They could have just oh, picked that it, idea up. I don't think it would have been completely... as, as epic as this. Because no. I, think,
1: I think this is boring. And I do want to get into sort of the influences of what's mm. gone into the Dalek Empire series. But I think it, in terms of like the macho dialogue and the Dalek space battles and things like that, the Terry Nation series would have been very like this.
0: Yes, I think it would. But there's. Well, actually, let, I'll just do the science part first. Oh, the the forensics, get, you the, mean? Is that what you call them? Oh, that's what you said
1: last time. No, oh, I said the science so I didn't say no, the forensics. let's get forensic. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> 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 let's this.
0: get a <laughs> with <the> detail. <laughs> okay, so Dalek Empire Series 1 was released as a series of four separate stories. Invasion of the Daleks, released in June 2001. Yeah. The Human Factor, August 2001. Death to the Daleks.
1: Death to the Daleks!
0: October 2001. Yeah. And Project Infinity, January 2002. Oh. So the series stars Sarah Moat.
1: Oh. I am Susan Mendez.
0: Mark McDonald. I'm oh. all blah, blah, blah. Well, a
1: <laughs> I love you, Suze <laughs> He's
0: and always burping. Did you notice? <laughs> no. He drinks
1: drinks, he drinks and burps a lot, yeah. a lot. Yeah. And
0: Gareth Thomas. Oh, um, hello, I am the Knight of <laughs> Uh It was written by Nick Briggs. Directed by Nick Briggs. <laughs> written by Mick, Nick Briggs. Who <laughs> just said that. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> written by directed by and written by and music was by Nick Briggs and it's the a... dialects were played by Nick Briggs not, not just Nick Briggs though some could say that this
1: was Nicholas Briggs' first passion project he also played several characters within it and guess what I'm fucking nerve listen to this bit of trivia uh-huh. he goes he didn't want to add his name to the cast list as playing, um, you know, the earth security fella. Tan Lee, Tan Lee, Tan, Tan, Tan Lee. Lee, Tan Lee, Tan Lee. He didn't want to add his name to that because he didn't want people to think that he was all over the bloody thing.
0: But he's knew, already. He? he does everything else, so I might mean, as well just add that and make it a full set. Oh, why didn't just
1: wallpaper the cover with his name?
0: You know, <laughs>
1: <laughs> but.
0: Let's talk about the Nicholas birth. Briggs oh. for a second. <laughs> not the, the birth of Nicholas Briggs.
1: Well, because I, I was listening to this for you, and I remember saying to you, this is really well-structured, and this is really good. Why is Nicholas Briggs not writing like this anymore? No, like, Dr. Ravages. And, and one of the biggest surprises of this thing is that he's not leaning on all that Dalek continuity that he loves. Is it? He? He's not going into Varga plants, and he's not going into Exelon, and he's not going. He's not doing any of that. The only real continuity they use, I think, they mentioned the Gaussek colony from Sontaran experiment, where... and the continuity that Big Finish have created. Yeah, from those Dalek Empire the... releases, which is yeah. still original stuff.
0: Mm. Um, and a bit of Robo Men in there, but.
1: But my point is, is, all he does now is rip offs sort of... That's all it is you know, now. That That's, Planet of yeah. the Daleks sequel, The Consequences of Far, was just Planet of the Daleks again. The, the Death to the Daleks sequel on Exelon, was it The Exelons, was just Death to the Daleks again. Like, there isn't a scrap of fucking no. originality in anything he does anymore. There's none of this innovation. So it got me to thinking I might do a bit of digging. So I took to the library and uh, pulled out
0: uh <laughs> Sorry.
1: What, pulled out, pull out? <laughs> the inside story of the finish. The hell do you think I've got in the library? Um and it turns out that John Ainsworth had a big part mm. in Dalek Empire. And I'll say Nicholas Briggs is about talent because I do think he has some. But apparently, when this whole thing was sort of battered out structurally, John Ainsworth had a lot to say about it and um, Briggs says that he sort of helped develop the themes and the character directions as well. It was John Ainsworth that said he wanted Susan Mendez to start enjoying the fact that she had all of this power and control, which obviously we'll get into later. So I think the reason why, you know, it's got Briggs all over it, but I think there are other creative voices in there as well, because he, he hasn't written anything as good as this
0: since. No, it is telling, isn't it, that this is so amazing and very well structured, and then why hasn't that continued? What happened after that? I mean, did you listen to The Ravagers recently? Well, no, that's what i was saying, yeah. I it's... mean, I
1: know that non-linear na- narrative, but the fucking no. structure of that thing, there were, it wasn't like it, uh, there was dramatic high points. There was no drama in it at all. It was just a load of puzzle pieces that were just sort of mm. thrown on an audio. Mm.
0: Well, let's go... Should we go sort of release by release then and just sort of discuss as we go along mm. with that? So... Love to. Let's talk about Invasion of the Daleks, part one. I, now, this... I, 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 no, well, no, go on. Well, I was going to say, so this uh, sets everything up. You have that... The Daleks are basically taking over this solar system universe. Daleks invading. Well, they haven't been around for a while, have they? Well, uh, people know who they are. But they're not yeah, they've they've just sort of come out of nowhere and started invading. And you have the main setup, so we've got Susan Mendez. Yes. And Albie Brooke. Yes. And it's essentially sort of a, a love story between them. Hold on a second. In a way. Yes. However, it don't work. I'm sorry. I do
1: not believe the chemistry between this pair, and a lot of a lot of the sort of the character work in this is the linchpin is this romance between Susan and Albie Brook. But we never see them having a romance.
0: Well, they're they're going on there. I don't know on the water together at the beginning. So it's all you know, happy peace time. She's an up sort of an archaeologist, and he's escorting her, and they're having a bit of a chat. And, you know, pickled onions get flashed. Yeah, and things. exactly. Pickled onions no. do not a <laughs> no. romance make. <laughs> and then the, she the, says, well, "Do
1: you want to try me pickled
0: onions?" He goes, "Oh, main... they're a bit hot." I mean, Nick Briggs flirting yeah. dialogue is something else. But the main thing about this part is it's peacetime and then the Daleks invade and how that's done and it's not just Daleks coming in, t- lots of Dalek talk and everything it's done with the human characters at the forefront yeah. and the Daleks are almost in the background and the, the effects that they have and everything is shown with the, the humans not yeah. just Daleks coming in blasting and talking which is what I expected and, that's and the then not follow language, isn't it? Susan and Albie and they get separated so you're following both their story and you care about these characters and what happens to them
1: I remember what it was like before the Daleks came to Vega 6. The air was always fresh. The suns were always high in the sky. The water and the marsh lakes, always a sparkling
0: blue. Hmm. That's the way I remember it. Susan Mendez!
1: I don't want to die! You know that!
0: I know you know that! Look, let's stop pretending! So... All right, I'll do your dirty work for you. I'll do it. I'll do it. All right. Just leave me alone. The invasion of the Daleks has begun. But it, and then it's all sort of narrated. So we have got this narration over the top yes. as well. well. Hang on. Uh, hang on, hang oh, hang on. I know there's so much to talk don't
1: about. Move on to Joyce Gibbs.
0: Just well, yet. I'm just going to say it's narrated. But the way that the invasion that we witness the invasion is more through. Their reactions, and then the narration just says, "The whole planet was obliterated. It was all turned to ash. They went through the solar system and did this and did this. And the passing of time—it's quite—it goes. It's years and years throughout this whole series, isn't it? Yeah. So it's not just your typical sort of what you get maybe in the Doctor Who story. Daleks come and invade, and it you know epic sweep. But it's sweep. years yeah. and years of suffering. And I remember. When the Daleks first came <laughs> to Vega Oh my god, that was the best impression choice <laughs> gaps. Oh, oh my god. Oh, Take off my mouth. How was it beat oh, You were the narrator in Dalek, and Series was one. What did it feel like? The waters were sparkling.
1: <laughs> the sun shined
0: in the meadows. <laughs> the girl was terrified. And the girl.
1: The girl.
0: She was more interested in her rocks than she was in anything else.
1: <laughs> <laughs> she was interested in Albert Brooks' skimmer. <laughs> no no uh, very quickly before we go to norea because i think that's one of the best things about this is i i I do just want to talk about albie rook and susan mendez as a really what works about it is it's an almost romance and i think Mm. terrible things are happening she's put in this impossible situation he's um you know seeing the consequences of the galaxy being taken over and they're sort of putting all their hopes in the fact that what almost was and could have been mm. and I think that's quite nice but I just don't think that Sarah Mowat and Martin McDonald have great chemistry
0: it's half the problem but well the, they're not, hardly together in the whole scene yeah that, and that's half the and problem and it's all well. the longing after each other for the and whole it's, time well, it's just because rather than I think than if a, Rusty
1: Davis was right in those initial
0: scenes right those mm. romance scenes
1: it, it might have worked it'd be a bit flirty and a bit so there'd be a it's bit of conflict flirty, and, they
0: were having a great time on that skimmer in the before, oh, the Before the Daleks di- <laughs> came. Before the Daleks came to Vegas. I'm glad you ain't doing it. <laughs>
1: I mean, Jesus Christ. The linchpin of this romance is the fucking pickled onions. Because when they go to... What's that planet called? The I, last one? I don't know. Plats that's it, 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 the yeah. Seas of Yaldas or something. <laughs> yes. When they go to Yaldas... <laughs> is it Yaldas? I something. I think that's Almost. A, a washing powder. <laughs> um, when they go to Yaldas... What does she leave? A jar of fucking pickled onions. Oh, I don't hey. like pickled onions. No. Well, he says they're quite hot. She's she's a bit spicy, Susan <laughs> um, So, I, But I did just want to say, like, I, I don't really think that angle in this works. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of character stuff that does work mm-hmm. that I didn't
0: really believe. Okay. I don't mind it. I think I'm a fan of them. Susan and Albie. It basically
1: was just a lot of excuse for Albie to go, you know, no,
0: Susan! Yeah, she really, he pines after her. She doesn't pine after him that much. She's got a lot on her plate. She's plane. doing a lot, and then the setup then comes. We know that the Daleks. Every Dalek story, Terry Nation knows this. You've got to have some slaves mining. <laughs> so every planet they go to, well, especially Vega Six, yeah. uh, that she's on, everybody is your usual slave we've seen it in Destiny of the Daleks we've seen it in Dalek yeah. Invasion of Earth you? you know you've got the little trucks and the little <laughs> you it's, know going along
1: it's set in that same quarry you? they film maybe break all, seven in
0: they've all got a pickaxe and they're all in rags and stuff you know <laughs> it's all, and there's a Dalek just sort of standing there watching or sitting there or sliding there watching. <laughs> <laughs> Can I say, though, know, I
1: do think one thing that he does here that I've never seen done before in a Doctor Who story, and there's been a lot of Dalek stories until this point, mm. is the like Dalek subjugation from the point of view of... Us, uh, the the planet that's being enslaved. Yes. You never see that happening. Even in Dalek Invasion of Earth, it's already happened. Mm. We actually witnessed the Daleks coming in, them fighting, you know, and that was really, I thought it was really, really interesting.
0: Yeah, yeah it's a surprise we it haven't seen It gave like a that.
1: human interest to the series.
0: That's it. Susan Mendez, she's a bit of a loud mouth. She's a bit of a yeah. rebel. Yeah. So she's shouting to the Daleks like, you've got to give us rest and food, and the Daleks are like, no. Anyway, what it comes down to is that Susan Mendez Suze, uh, Suze becomes a bit of a, uh, a spokesperson for A bit
1: of a spokesperson. Or, well, hold on,
0: I'm she getting there. She is the getting spokesperson there. of
1: the entire and fucking the whole galaxy. Thing,
0: she strikes a, a bit of a deal with the Daleks, which is great. because think no, you know, having these conversations shouting back at the Daleks and being it's, it's not really been done no. before. Well, no. And and think the, you think they would just so, kill her, wouldn't you? So then she gets them to understand that they have rest and food. They're going to work more for them. So it works out like that. And then, she, so she is the spokesperson. So then we get this this deal. She ends up talking to the Emperor.
1: And the Dalek and Supreme.
0: The Dalek Supreme. <clears throat> and then that's when this really starts That's that's really sets it up. But then we also have Carlendorf, played by Gareth Thomas. Yeah,
1: very different from Lord Tamworth in Storm Warning. And
0: Blake, yeah, from Blake's yeah. Seven. Yes, yeah, so he is a prisoner with... Susan, so it's Susan and Carlendorff for this team. the Knight of Valicia. Knights of Alicia from Nicholas Briggs' classic The Sirens of Time. Oh god. Doctor Humane Range number By all one. So Knights of Felicia apparently once took
1: on the Earth Empire and lost. So they're a bit they're a bit embarrassed.
0: And you don't really yeah, you know he's a knight of, he's he's a prisoner though, like everybody else. He's mm. got telepathic powers, yeah. which yeah. is important. He comes in very important. And meanwhile, Albie is on this um, out there on in space. Trying to... No, he's in with the Earth Empire, isn't he? He's, what he is, is he's, he's down on the planet with Suze, but he's actually an Earth intelligence agent. But we don't know that until later. We know by the end of the first episode, I think. Okay, I don't remember that. And then he meets a guy called Pelham and then they sort of get together and off they go. So by that that first episode... It's spinning a lot of plays. There's a lot happening. Although You have half the universe sort of taken over by Daleks already in that (laughs) episode. (laughs)
1: There's quite a lot (laughs) to go on in 60 minutes. It
0: really does though. And they are just over about an hour, somewhere about an hour and ten these ones but do you
1: know i do think in sort of reflection the first episode's the weakest because i think i don't i really enjoyed it i think this gets better and better when it as it goes Mm. along i think Mm. the first episode is it's doing a lot but it is having to put a lot of pieces in place and it's doing it uh, like an awful lot of events very quickly whereas come two and three we slow down and we're with the characters and we're having extended dialogue scenes and we're getting to understand them and there's just a bit more intensity to it there's just I just thought there was a lot happening in that first one
0: well it, yeah it is a lot to set up but I didn't mind that at all when I first heard that I was like okay I am listening to the rest of the series now and I did really really enjoy this when I first listened I could not get enough the best thing about
1: that first episode is the narration which was yes. such I hate narration generally what a savvy move that was Because also, so this is Joyce Gibbs. But do you know who was originally considered for this? Oh, no, do tell me. It's your friend of mine, (gasps) Maggie Stables. Yes! She was going to do this. And then Gary Russell was like, no, I want her for the main range.
0: Oh, thank God. So we got her as
1: Evelyn. And and he said it wouldn't have been right to have had Evelyn Smythe play the woman. She's only called the woman. It's
0: very interesting because, yeah, it's the narrator. And that links a lot of the... The breaks in time uh, across, you know, years past. I think there's like nine years or something in one of them. Uh, And it starts off with narration. You get this narration all the way through in between different scenes. But then there's a mystery there because you don't know who this narrator Mm. is. And it's sort of done in the first person as if it is Susan Mendes, in a way. What's she saying? I remember the girl. I remember the girl. She's saying, I remember the girl when she did this describing Susan Mendes. But it's also in a I remember what I did and there's the no other indication the
1: inference is that it's you think
0: serious, it's an older Susan Mendes but she's talking about
1: Susan Mendes in the third person That's so when the saying.
0: twist <laughs> hits that she is the seer of Yahoo. oh hold on hang on a second everybody there's spoilers as we talk through this so if you haven't heard Dalek Empire go to Big Finish get it on the podcast. when parking. did this, you say this came out 20 years ago yeah I know but some people might be discovering it it's first literally on- anyway, free. Spoilers. it's free it's free
1: on Spotify okay. and Apple spoilers, Music spoilers, spoilers,
0: just guys saying. if you
1: want to listen to this go and listen to it for free on, on your streaming platforms <laughs> but it means but the fact that you think it's her and she's talking in the third person it means the twist when it comes makes sense yes that she actually is Sue, because she's get, got her memory but, but you don't she's also get that until
0: part four so you've got this yeah. mysterious narrator all the way through and you're right the way
1: the way the story economically manages to switch from like 10 years forward just through her giving one speech, it yeah. is expertly
0: done. Yeah. Really, it's a really, really nice, clever. relaxing voice as oh, well. It's fabulous. I want Joyce Kids to narrate my life. She's dead now. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but
1: she's remembered because she was in Dalek
0: Empire. I remember when Mark woke that morning and made a cup of tea <laughs> and thought about Vega 6. She She's narrating your boring life, I tell you. <laughs> a pickled onion for his dinner. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! I'm so glad you ain't narrating this. <laughs>
1: <think> <laughs> Stay in your lane, all right? <laughs>
0: uh, so yeah, so that is the setup of part one. Yes. Now uh, may I go back to saying what I'll say? And please hit me uh, <laughs> with some more facts.
1: With <laughs> my ribbon stick. Um, what is a ribbon stick? Was you... it a rhythm stick? I don't know oh I'll hit you with my Dalek plunger um, so <laughs> you're right um, so the scenes between Suze and the Dalek Supreme uh, yes, yes that's what
0: now, we to talk about
1: these are so effective yeah because of the power games that happen and there's so many power games that happen in in episode 2 and 3 uh, essentially um, Suze knows she's useful to the Daleks and the Daleks are manipulating her, what they don't realise is is they've got a plan all along, haven't they? As they're going around telling all these um, slaves on all of these planets, obey the Daleks, they'll give you food, they'll give you rest. She's become this massive celebrity.
0: So just to explain, yes, yeah, so the Daleks ship her out to every single planet that they're invading to do this speech to say, cooperate, they'll give you food and water and we'll be Okay. Karlendorf has telepathic powers. Yeah. Um so they are secretly communicating with all these planets to say, right, when you get this sign from us, that's there when we get going phrase.
1: Death to the death Daleks to the
0: Daleks, we're all gonna overthrow. Uh, So that's, uh, but it's a long game because this is years and years and and years. Brilliant about this is all of this.
1: I know we're jumping ahead. Angel of Mercy. It all it all coalesces at the end of three. The end of part Mm. three is the bit where they finally say death to the Daleks, and it's this massive dramatic moment. Mm. And then the story fucking hell cuts away from it. You don't actually see that bit until part four in a flashback. I just thought it was brilliant. But the scenes between sorry, Susan and the Dalek Supreme are so effective, that sort of psychological intensity, that when Rusty Davis came back to the series, he said to Nick Briggs, those scenes between the Dalek and Rose and the Dalek and the Doctor in series one, that first episode, he goes, I want it to be like Susan and the Dalek Supreme. I want that level of intensity. That's how you play the Dalek. So Rusty Davis was paying attention to this
0: we've never seen effect. anything like this before. We're not at all. I think the Susan Mendes versus the Dalek is nothing like Rose and the Dalek. Because Susan Mendes, she has this power and she knows that they're not going to kill her. I think it's been... And the way that scene that you highlighted, is it episode three maybe, where this Dalek, just general Dalek, comes in and he's like, the Supreme wants to see you. And she's like, no, he's yeah. coming to see me. Yeah. You go and tell him she I'm not taking orders from you. Where she that is a brilliant Susan
1: Mendez thinks she's somebody she is super bitch. She's going, No, no, no. You tell him I only deal with the Dalek Supreme Oh <laughs> yes. right? You tell him to get his ass in here. Yeah. And then the Daleks are basically like, Right, fucking hell, right, she's getting too big for her boots. Mm. Send in two Daleks uh, squadrons and they say, Right, we're gonna kill you if you don't come. Mm. And all of these power games that they Mm. have, because she is useful Mm. to them.
0: Well, then going into, let's go into part two. So we've got that set up. And in Mm. episode two, The Human Factor, this is where that's in full swing. She's going around all these planets. This one I didn't enjoy as much. You're mad. This one. Because the best bit in this is, it shows, because Karlendorff is being a bit, uh, you never know sort of where he's at. Uh, he's getting on with Susie, he's working with her, but they're arguing a bit. But then what happens is they go to a planet and... There are a group of rebels and they're like, no, we're going to fight the Daleks now. That sequence, can I so say? That, that sequence. Is, that is, the
1: p- sound design amazing. in that sequence. Attack, in,
0: they attack a Dalek, they? are in a quarry they? for
1: all intents and purposes. So they're on a planet, yeah. Mm. And suddenly you hear the Dalek scream in the far distance and it echoes all yeah. around this yeah. quarry in inverted commas. And you can hear the Dalek. They're scraping it out of the shell and torturing it. It's going, mm. kill me. Man, oh man, it was in my ears. The sound effects were incredible.
0: But because they didn't listen to Suze... Yeah. She sort oh, of dobs them in God. to the Daleks. So then the Daleks are... She's like, look, these are your rebels. These are your guys. And they kill them all.
1: That's, and she's like, moment. I have
0: to do it because they are a liability to our massive, long game. Do
1: you know, until that point... point, so she,
0: you know, she is killing her own people. Uh, she's on that... She's, and you're like, is she on the Dalek's side? Like, well, it's great that the way... Uh, that, that scene, right up until that point i was like this is all
1: right this is pretty good this ain't as good as i remembered i remember being Mm. blown away by it and then that scene here where she's going you know there they are there x she actually says exterminate them because she knows they're going to give the game away that like that they have to die in order for their plan to go ahead she's starting to enjoy the power Mm. I think. And that's really that's interesting. That's what you to start watch to play play see. Now. Yeah. And then Carlendorf says, Ah, oh, you're in with the Daleks now. They're your friends, are they? Because they're working for you now, are they? It
0: could have been done in that way where we know that they're the goodies and they're always gonna be the goodies, and but we're not let into what Susie's thinking or what her yeah. motivations are. She's still kept at a bit of a distance rather than when you've got your hero and you know exactly what the plan is or there's no scenes that much of really, you know, Suze and karlendorf chatting and being like, this is what we're going to do, this is okay. And She doesn't say, she doesn't give it away to even Karlendorf what she's, what's going on in her head or why she's doing stuff I as want, much. I
1: want to say Because so, you're sort of um, left
0: on the outside as well, so you're kept guessing. The weak bit, though, in this is the people on the planet that are doing the silly voices, that Prince and... <laughs> princess or queen oh, is, or whatever Nick that's com- what I did so like. is get- it Nick Briggs no no, no no
1: no no but you get no. it's Nick Briggs comedy yeah. you get these ki- the is a princess and a king oh. from a planet I can't remember what the planet's I called know. now but basically they're first of all you think they're laughing the reds off at the Daleks because they're nervous then yeah, they're all it,
0: like laughing aren't they they're like ha ha it forever
1: it appears that they're taking the, the piss then because they're sort of got a private joke between them and then the dad gets killed. And tonally, it's just like, is this comedy? Is it sarky? Is it tragedy? Like, I don't think Nick Briggs is very good at comedy. And it just, that, that's, it's supposed to be that sort of gallows humour. But it's it not, just falls off no, the cliff. It just That's great. the weak
0: part. That's the weak part. And meanwhile, we are following Albie as well. Yeah, see, see, I've got to be honest, all of Albie's bits, I thought they were the most boring. That's a bit boring. So these, he's, no, no, of the entire four. He's basically off on a spaceship a lot of the time, trying to track down Suze and be like, where's Suze, what's going on, Suze, and and things like that. Um, and he is this sort of agent, but um, no, none of that's really interesting. You are really following what what, what that plan is. But that's really part two, the, the plan of her going round to all these different plans and becoming that Dalek's... Uh, ally, But then
1: I thought the third episode, Death to the Daleks, I thought that was the best of the four. And that's where you get some of the really interesting scenes between Suze and the Dalek Supreme. And
0: this is years and years yeah, down they, the line Yeah, they've,
1: they've been doing this for a long time now. Well, long you time. had some time. You had a glorious scene where the Dalek Supreme says to Suze, you know, do you love Albie Brook? fine then we're going to kill carlendorf and you can have albie brooke to give you hope instead and because the dalek's talking about love carlendorf goes i cannot believe we are having this conversation with a dalek (laughs) and it just goes to show sort of what's what's being played with here although can i please just take a moment to talk about the dialogue okay it's very functional now I was I was listening very carefully to the dialogue in this, and it's very nitbrite. The dialogue it ain't particularly memorable. What's interesting is the situation that he puts the characters in, mm. but the words that are coming out of their mouths it is all a bit.
0: What does some alp? He's getting drunk at a bar because he's pining after Sue, and way always oh, yeah, it's, yeah, it's yeah. oh, a girl, a girl, and. Oh, I don't know what he said, but it's just not... It's cringy, some of it, isn't it? I can't
1: really remember many lines it, in this. You know, for four hours of drama, I probably should. No. But it's so it gets you from A to B all the time. Yeah. And some of the scenes are intense. I think a lot of it's down to the performances. But the dialogue is very functional. And I do want to say that, because I, even though I do think this is very, very good, it could have been <laughs>
0: No, better. you don't come away being like, they were amazing dramatic scenes in that way. It yeah. is more, wow, these situations that they're in and yeah. the, the situations is- the characters are in. You come away more of that rather than that was a really emotional scene between these two actors playing this
1: uh, yeah, dialogue. Yeah, yeah and I think I, I think that. a lot of the actors no. br- bring the truth but to it. But it's a Dalek series.
0: I mean yeah, what yeah, you're yeah, gonna yeah. it's I just like, think you know, know what like, it could have been a load of Daleks talking to each exactly. other. Exactly that's what I could have been eternally been thankful for that we don't have just Daleks and Daleks because I wouldn't I'd be checked out I'd be pieced out but then
1: as well like and I, I feel like I'm being very critical for something I really enjoyed I don't think the characters are particularly well defined either like we don't really know much about Albie Brook he drinks a bit Susan when he gets Mindev upset or kind <laughs> of but like we don't really know much about their backstory or no. their likes and dislikes or anything like that or why really what they're doing what they're doing what's interesting is they're in a, a sort of a compromised situation morally should they be doing what they're doing mm. and they're trapped, like Susan and Karnloff are trapped in a situation where you do this or you die. And that's an interesting situation to put characters in. Because it's like, well, what the hell would I do in that situation? Would I then go to these slave planets and offer them hope just to sort of fuel the Dalek engine to take over the galaxy? Probably. Yeah.
0: And when you get into part three, we have Tan Lee played by... Tanley Lee. Tan Lee. <laughs> David Sachs. Oh, yeah. Who's David Sachs? That's Nicholas Briggs. Nicholas Briggs, Um, who is working for the Earth Alliance.
1: Do you know what? There were scenes between Tan Lee and the Daleks. That's Nick Briggs talking to himself. (laughs) Fucking passion project. Uh,
0: So he's Albie's sort of superior, and then Albie is said, you know, this is where the Project Infinity thing comes in, um, where there's this talk of this... Is it a weapon? Is it uh, what? What is it? We don't know what it is. It's just Project Infinity. And does Suze know about it? So Albie is like, find did you out think what it Suze was going to be a weapon? I, or, I did. I, when I first when I, to I it,
1: had no, I was like, no, I couldn't. oh god, it's going to no. be some big bomb or something
0: uh, like that. I was going to say, this is in. Out of the four episodes, just having those situations that we've talked about, it's not enough to sustain the four. No. We need then these extra characters in this Project Infinity bit to sort of push it on a little bit. Yeah, so yeah, it's yeah. the perfect timing for but that. What's interesting I'm is... I'm sorry, it is Nick's, it sounds like Nick's Brigg and it's not a great performance. I'm sorry. What's I know. I. Would, it's just, again, it's just all I hear is just Nick Briggs.
1: Well, yeah, and but, okay, that is the problem with him smart, being, being on all smartly. those special he features and doing thing. the Big Finish podcast. Yeah. His voice is so synonymous with yeah. behind the scenes now. Whenever he turns up and doing things, it's like, oh, it's that Sarky git. Oh, sorry
0: sorry. It's that Sarky git from the podcast. Yeah, um, and then we also
1: have... Can uh, I say something? Yeah. Um, Project Infinity. Mm. I don't know we'll get there. Uh... That was the point where I thought this felt most like a Doctor Who story. And if this was a Doctor Who story, that's what the premise mm. of this would be. Project Infinity, this secret thing that's happening, you'd have the Dalek War sort of background setting, mm. but it would be set in one location in the Project Infinity. What's it all about? What's the secret of it? Mm. What surprised me was the answers were really great. Mm.
0: Yeah, well, we haven't got there yet. We're still on part three. Okay. And part three brings in Marana... A space carp. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, I... thought, I was, I thought I it could, was Chase Masterson I could
1: from remember Vienna. remember
0: her from this time. So, she's the American space security lady. The only thing I remember... pretty much the original Vienna Salvatore. Yeah. Space bitch extraordinaire. <laughs> and we were saying, weren't we, that he could have gone down the line of bringing... You know, imagine Sarah Kingdom or someone yeah, like that. He could uh, have yeah, gone yeah, down yeah. that line. I think that's the
1: idea. She, was, she is a SSS, she's a, space yeah, security she's
0: agent. Yeah, she's the space assassin.
1: I remembered, though, that she was the Dalek Emperor. No, and then later on,
0: it turns out she's linked to the Dalek mind, but um, I've forgotten about her, so she comes in as well for these last two episodes. So that's pretty good. Yeah, I mean, it's a huge cast in this,
1: and I'd say most of the characters are pretty well-defined and well-played. Sarah Mowat, yeah, I'm not going to be mean, uh, but I do. I do think some of the more hysterical scenes, I wasn't convinced. You know, a bit at the beginning where she's going, "He can walk, he can walk, he can walk." Like yeah,
0: I was I like, "No, oh. I know." Yeah. Oh no. no but, but
1: the scenes where where she then is a bit in control and she's gobbing off to the Daleks, she's brilliant. Mm. I think she finds her feet as she goes along. Is that? Elenia, Elenia, from the songs of the time. From the of time, yeah. yeah Apparently, it was a gift to her after because he said he thought that was a bit of a thankless part. So that's why <laughs> that's why
0: <what> he gave <laughs> her As this. Part, she played three different characters in that. Four in the songs of time. Mm, I were. thought that was all right. Well, she played one character in four stories, in not it? Yeah. This then, the, I couldn't really remember when I'd heard this before. So listening to this again, and then at the end, he's like, "Yeah, Susan Mendez dead." And you're like what? Yeah. Have I missed something? What's going on here? And then we go into part four, and yeah, it's more. This is where Project Infinity. It's more Al B. Susan Mendes isn't actually technically in part four, no. and this is where we, we find go after Yaldas, don't we? That what happened is there's a bit of a flashback. So during all of Susan Mendez's tour of the the galaxy, <laughs> Susan Sue's on tour. That's right. Uh, she meets this... Well,
1: sort of... she's like a celebrity, isn't she? Yeah, she you meets know?
0: this mystic lady on a mountain, basically, who sort of connects minds with her, or yeah, it's all yeah, a bit yeah. of a mystic... No, basically,
1: they basically, they, they remember all of your memories. Yeah.
0: That's it. So we don't actually know if Susan Mendes is dead or not. No, it's still not confirmed by the end of the story. They, they're told she's dead. Albie finds this woman. The pickled onion turns up, so he knows it must be True. Uh, and that's the narrator woman all along who has m- had, who's melded minds with Susan Mendez. So that's why you get the third person, first person thing going on. And Project Infinity. Do you want to explain what Project Infinity is? Project Infinity is
1: the access to alternative universes. And now this was the clever part. Okay, I thought <laughs> I thought this was brilliant because it means the series can have its cake and eat it i.e. Suze can get away with doing their telepathic messages and then you realize the Daleks are letting them do it because the humans or the Earth Empire they want to go to an alternative universe where the Daleks have been defeated and learn how it how that happened so they can bring those ideas back and defeat the daleks but the daleks know about project infinity and they want to go to an alternative universe where the daleks have subjugated all of humanity they're you know invincible and they want to bring those daleks back to this universe to to help take over the entire galaxy so it means Basically, the last three hours are just irrelevant because the Daleks plan are, are, is nothing Has to do with taking along? over the galaxy, it's all about getting this technology. Um, however, uh, yeah, I, I, I just thought that was a brilliant concept. I've never seen that done before in, in Dr. It Hayden. is
0: very good. It's Nicholas... Do you think Nicholas Briggs had this idea in his head all his childhood and was like, right, it's finally, a, it's a this is the story?
1: And what's really interesting there, there's grumbles about uh, Project Infinity all the way back to episode two. Mm. So that's being talked about there. And
0: you know, I really was preparing myself for some dreadful disappointment. I mean, it justifies it being these four releases, like what, four and a bit hours.
1: Well Yeah, and what, you're right, because then... What happens in episode three is the Daleks have effectively taken over the entire galaxy. They say that, don't they? They've Mm. won. Their forces are subsuming all of humanity. And then at the end of three, they give out the cry, death to the Daleks, and the rebels turn on the Daleks. So suddenly everything's like... And then whilst everyone's sort of uh, diverted and looking over at that, both the humans and the Daleks, the Dalek Emperor, are popping off to alternative universes to, to have their wicked way with the technology <laughs> I mean it's busy it's busy but go back again to the structure of this thing you've got the episode 1 which is uh, the Daleks coming in and starting to take over episode 2 exploring Suzy's dilemma mm-hmm. and how I'll be trying to look for her Episode 3 is the sort of big one, Earth Falls or the Earth Empire Falls. And then Susie's and Carl and Doss' plan comes into place. Uh, and then episode 4 is all about Project Infinity. I mean, it's really well structured, this. I, I was so impressed.
0: Great. Have you got some more behind-the-scenes gossip? Oh my God, so much! How have here we I not, go? How, how have yeah. I not given how you any of we, this yet? Yeah.
1: Right. So there's a lot of um, Nick Briggs quotes here. So prepare oh yourself. I'll try and do a sort of nasally voice for them. Uh, so <laughs> Nick <laughs> Nick Briggs on writing for the Daleks. You ready? They're the perfect villains because their overwhelming cunning and evil has the storytelling potential to define your heroic characters in a unique and powerful way. And I do think that's true. Mm. He, he manoeuvres oh. his human characters into very compelling situations. I mean, hey? yeah,
0: the, this plot and this thing, Terranation wouldn't have done this. It wouldn't have been this complex. It wouldn't have that. been like that Although, complicated. Although, please yeah. let's remember John
1: Ainsworth. Okay? Yes, yeah, Because Nick Briggs doesn't do this <laughs> again. <laughs> <what I know. laughs> um, he suggests that writers who say the Daleks are not interesting to write for are unimaginative
0: but he's, he's right, it's the situations, you put them in, isn't it? It's If it is Daleks, guy, like maybe Genocide Machine or Apocalypse Element, we had a lot of Dalek talk. It's though we want to follow that human characters. He's, he's done yeah. it in the right way. It's not really right for the Daleks. The Daleks could be anything, a, a big alien threat.
1: But look at Jubilee. Yeah, it's just one Dalek, and Mm. it's how all those characters behave around around Dalek. It's how everyone behaves around the Dalek. Maybe it's when you have like the the ultimate evil character, the Dalek, and how people react to that. That's what's interesting Mm. because some people try to exploit it, some people are scared of it. You know, yeah. Nick Briggs says the story isn't about how the Daleks are defeated; they're the stars, so they were never going to be defeated. It's about how humanity deals with being defeated by them. Mm. Oh, okay. And that's the approach. That. Yet, yep. But that's the approach. And I think it's a really good one. Yep. Um, uh, he says Daleks guarantee that human beings behave interestingly. And I think he, could, he gets it right here. Um, he says he wasn't <laughs> daunted writing for the Daleks because, and honestly, I couldn't believe the arrogance of this man. He goes, um, he feels that he has ownership of the show at this point, and he knows it better than those that created the series. He actually
0: was quoted to uh, saying that. This is before he was doing Daleks on TV as well. This is way before the yeah. the new series. A massive god complex now. I'll tell you. Um,
1: do you know who auditioned for the role of Suzanne Mendes? Oh,
0: tell me who was up for the, who was up for it?
1: Only your bestie Caroline Morris. Oh my god,
0: She would have been really good, actually. Very similar to Sarah Moa. Yeah. And
1: David Troughton was the first choice for Carlydorff. Invol- oh, Carl that would
0: have been good.
1: Um, Why didn't he do it? Apparently Gareth Thomas said, I'm never the first choice for anything. And then Nick Briggs goes, oh, well. He goes, I'm glad David Trouton was busy because we've got something very special out of Gareth Thomas.
0: Yeah. No, I think Gareth Thomas brings a. He's got that the gravitas to do it. But they are very similar, actually, yeah.
1: What else do you have to say about the stories themselves?
0: Well, yeah, I mean, I, I did prefer that first. out of all of the four, it's the first one for me. I, it's I actually set it all up, and it has that, that sort of doom. you know the dialects are going to uh, coming. i beg your pardon. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I, I thought three was the best. It had the most interesting dialogue scenes. Mm. It, was just, it was the episode which, uh, where Suze was put under the microscope the most and karlendorf was really asking her you know do you think you're in charge of the daleks you'll never be in charge mm. of the daleks Oh, we have to say the
0: music is great throughout oh my god the, the sound, sound design, design
1: yeah the sound design is incredible the only thing i didn't like was that same gun they kept using for every spaceship
0: it was pretty terrible i mean it's not really on a budget
1: is it particularly I, i've got to say that it's i think the sound, the sound design in uh dalek war uh, series 2 and series 3 is even better well, I can't remember the other series now, I remember so... being blown away by the sound design in some can't, of those yeah I can't remember I do you know what I call the uh, Susan Mendes being trapped in that impossible situation the fushum effect you remember fushum from the seeds of death He's in exactly the same situation you send these seeds pods to earth or we'll kill you right yeah yeah um I don't really have much more to say right. you know? okay who's your favourite character in this uh, I think Suze is the most interesting yeah. character uh, because she is really stuck between a rock and a hard place. Do you remember that um, spin-off release they did with Sylvester McCoy? Was it Return of the Daleks? Yes,
0: Return of the Daleks. What was yeah. that all about? Uh, well, I'll talk about that in my chronology. Oh, you will? Yes, I will. I just need to remember, it wasn't, it wasn't really about
1: anything. It was, it was just a, more of this.
0: Yeah. But
1: there wasn't really a story, it was just set during this, Yeah, with McCoy coming in doing some kind of morally Mm. suspect things.
0: Mm. Yeah, well I'll talk about that
1: in a bit. (laughs) Who's your favourite character?
0: Ah, yeah, Susan Mendes.
1: Not Joyce Gibbs?
0: Oh, I do like, I love that voice, I love that. An audio book of this, narrated by Joyce Gibbs would be brilliant, wouldn't it? (laughs) Oh no, she did. (laughs) <laughs> right as you keep reminding me sorry well i'm sorry <laughs> you invited our appetite next well, um, did you know there was a um you know when big Finish were doing the short trip anthologies yeah the books there was a whole dalek empire one what's that short stories have you got it no but there's like someone read of it go- out for an audio no, no no it's um you know the hardback short trip books yeah, they yeah, did yeah. yeah there's a whole dalek what's empire during this all, all sorts yeah loads of different writers Wow. Yeah, oh, I so that'd not be really that. interesting to get. You know, there's one called "You Know All About Carlendorf, one all about Sus. So you know, I think that might fill in a lot of their backstory and their extra parts. Can <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, they need to know about their extra parts. Um, can I say what I think might have influenced this? Please do. Well, because I I put this as part Star Wars, i.e. the scale oh, of the thing. You know,
0: so when you talk about Star Wars, you know when. Tan Lee, was it the Hi- Strelos, Hive Leader? Strelos?
1: Is it those it weird was voices?
0: Where he's the one getting Project Infinity ready. Yeah. He's like that guy in Star Wars. It's not isn't the fish it? man. The fish man You're in going, Star Wars. It's a trap. Yeah. <laughs> and that's all I could see in my mind when it's like, we're Me getting too. Project Infinity ready. It, I think that's who it's supposed to be. That is exactly it. There is very. And I thought there was a character in there that, that sounded a bit like Jerry Packer. <laughs> I don't know, kind of squeaky voice. Oh, we had those insects in part three, didn't we? Oh, yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. So so that. that felt very Star Wars used to yeah. me. all of those sort of weird aliens. But then also, <laughs> also no, no, there's lots of weird aliens That's in a Star Wars. It's a trap. That's a trap. <laughs> mm. um, but plus the space battles. And you know, the fact mm. that it's like this massive conflict between good and evil. Mm. That's very Star Wars. But then I also thought this felt very Blake Seven. And I'm not just because of Gareth Thomas, because it's very cynical. Lots of people die. Lots of people behave in sort of mm-hmm. um not very nice ways. And you can't really trust anybody. Someone, yeah, you know, people could be duplicates or working for the other side. Yes, yeah. So yeah, it felt course. a bit of Blake Seven. But it also felt a bit Battlestar Galactica. I.e., it was full of twists and turns. And there was, like, an element of mysticism to it as well in the Sears of Yaldos. Mm. I mean, that little sequence there, that sort of ten minutes on that planet... I thought that was the weirdest part. I was like, we've gone from all this. Yeah, you're like,
0: where's this going suddenly? All this macho sort of space battles. It changes it up a little bit as you're going along. It's not too samey the whole time. Yeah. Well then it went off to Project
1: Infinity and I love all Mm. that stuff. I love a scientific base, you know, with a deadly (laughs) zero. Do you remember Enemy of the Daleks? Yes. Where the Doctor's like, this is where one of the most clinically brutal things has happened in the universe.
0: That was Sylvester McCoy, not John Pertwee. <laughs> <by>
1: out <everybody. laughs> it was the Kasabians, wasn't yeah. it?
0: These awful they creatures.
1: Eat, eat, eat Daleks. Yeah,
0: like bread to eat metal and Amazing, stuff. Yeah, Do you
1: remember the music? Anyway. So that's what I think the influences are here. Overall... I just think it's very it is effective. Very good. It is a genuinely good piece of drama, and I think it carves out a whole sort of universe that we've never had before in mm. in vivid colours.
0: And for that first spin off for Big Finish to do, we, if they made that na- nowadays, it would not. We would get Dalek universe now, and uh, it would be Var- as you say, Vaga plants. Yeah
1: well it was Sarah wasn't it dolt
0: universe all of that, yeah we'd have marvelans and all sorts of things coming up but i don't know there's something more so a bit more pure about this i i don't want to ship all over oh god Nicholas <laughs> oh my god Link, no, <laughs> oh my god I've got oh my god sorry what
1: <laughs> are you imagining me shitting on Nicholas Breaks right now <laughs> oh, I'm knew, sorry everyone I knew somebody once right uh, no please okay. no <laughs> no it wasn't me it wasn't me they wanted someone to go under a glass table and then do what shit on it under it no they wanted the girl under it and they would poo on the table but as if, as if they're pooing on the girl you can take this bit out
0: <laughs> <laughs> you want rather than do it on the table anyway it was very smelly <laughs> <laughs> oh my god anyway right you've got Nick Briggs onto the table What I don't just want to shit all over him because <laughs> this one... <laughs> what do you want to do
1: <laughs> I want to compliment him oh because this was a massive passion project of his and no matter how much John Ainsworth must have had some influence yeah I think a lot of the success of this is down to Breeze, his direction, yes. his casting. And even though I said the dialogue isn't great, the situations are really interesting. Mm. It held my interest for four hours. I thought it built momentum. It was structurally sound. And there were, there were scenes that people still talk about now. Susan and the Dalek Supreme. Yeah. Susan, it's a
0: classic moment. Absolutely. Like
1: Susan, Carl and Dorf's relationship you remember. Yeah. Like, a lot of this is very memorable. Yep. So I, I think... Oh, hail Absolutely. Nicholas
0: Briggs. Absolutely for this. Do not shit on him for this. No. Just shit, shit on, on him, him for later. The Ninth Doctor Adventures and all of that stuff.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> Plenty of shits on that. Uh, <laughs> return to, keep, keep return to Telos. Do you remember that one? Anything he's done in the last oh, five
1: years. Zygon Hunt. Do you remember that? Yeah. No, no one does because no. it's so boring. No, no. What was that That's Dalek the... one, that first one for Tom Baker? What's that called? Oh. Energy of the Dalek? No,
0: destination Nerva. No, that energy
1: of the Daleks. Oh, no. I mean, who ever remembers that? No, no one. No. And uh, you sort of,
0: that makes it more frustrating. And I know you're harsh, and everyone always flags him off and stuff for everything. That he does now, but it's because stuff like this was so good.
1: Well, no, this, this, you it, know? Is, it is a fact that apart from John Dorney and Jonathan Morris, everybody has a finite amount of talent. It's like an elastic band, and if you keep stretching it across a million releases, eventually <laughs> that talent's gonna be stretched so thin it's gonna be <laughs> basically imperceptible. Why are you laughing? You're so rude these days. What's <laughs> happened to you? <laughs> um, um all I'm saying is Nick Briggs' talent is being stretched. <laughs> <laughs> oh my
0: god. Oh, <laughs> I'm I'm gonna go on to some chronology now. Mark's chronology
1: moment
0: <laughs> I Had a bit of a thought about this because so we've had our Dalek Empire series and we last saw the Daleks was it the genocide machine yes uh, raiding Ooh, the sorry uh, can, I just, of can I just say,
1: did you not notice them
0: bringing up all those fabulous elements the Sarifia galaxy yeah, and all of that I'm just about to say all of this Oh, sorry. So there's lots of references to what they've done in sorry these stories. Sorry if I your moment. And there is, um, I think, the Emperor is accessing the information from the Library of Karshra from the Genocide Machine, which is the Seventh Doctor story. So I had sort of two choices here, where to, where to set this series. You could sort of set it anywhere, but because you've got those different references to what's already happened in these Dalek stories that we've had, it needs to go post-Genocide Machine, really, to have uh, any proper sort of sense. Oh, because a, it, that's the we're what, on the We're going from what, what they've done, not necessarily the whole of the Dalek chronology, but because we've seen them raid the Karsh Rat and then they use that information in this, it should go after. Okay. But the problem is then we have this extra adventure, Return of the Daleks, which is a big yeah. finish, subscriber bonus, about 2006, with Sylvester McCoy on his own, set in between episodes two and three of this series. I don't
1: know if you heard much of that. He was an evil bugger
0: in that, you know. Um, so that is an extra... That's basically, we'll do it one day, we'll get around to it one day, go yeah. into the whole thing. But that's in between Susan Carlendorf's tour of the universe talking about all these yeah, different things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it basically, at the end of the day, it turns out it's on from Planet of the Daleks oh, no. and all that kind of stuff. And <laughs> the Daleks trying to find their frozen but, things. No, no, that. no, wait. But it's worth pointing
1: out, I thought that's what this was going to be like.
0: Oh, it's all going to turn out to be Kemble, you know. So this it's a sort of missing adventure in between this with the Doctor. But where that place is, he wakes up because he's, I don't know, he's frozen for thousands of years or something like that. Anyway, he wakes up and mentions Ace and Hex. It's going to have to go... Post-Hex Adventures, which we haven't got. So in our chronology at the moment, it's just going to go in front of the Sirens of Time where we've got the Seventh Doctor travelling on his own. Okay. So Alenia. those series is going to go in front of Sirens of the Time for now. Okay. And we'd have to see where... Because it all it's all going to rest on Return of the Daleks. Because Fair enough. you've got Susan Kahlendorf in that with the Seventh Doctor, it's... and it wouldn't make really any sense if we've had Dalek Empire, like, I don't know, in the Sixth Doctor's time, and then we come back. It could be because he's travelling in time, obviously, but I think it makes more sense for it to be as near that as possible, I feel. I'm trying so
1: hard to listen to what you're saying, but I place so little relevance on where stories place in a massive chronology, so I'm just going to nod and smile.
0: Yes. Well, when it's all done, we'll have this whole massive list, and you'll love it. Oh, will I? Yeah. Is it going the wall? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I can imagine this enormous Venn diagram
1: with oh my all pins everywhere. It's only the wallpaper in the and, living room, and you know, bits of string. You know, like on, on criminal walls. Yeah. You know, when I've got a map up, it's gonna be like that.
0: Yeah.
1: Why are you looking excited right now? <laughs> um, I think that's the hardest one to try and place yet. Well,
0: it sort of can go anywhere at the end of the day because it's it's just more personal preferences. But what we're going to do, we're going to have these little series in between seasons of Doctor Who. You see, okay, you know, like Doctor Who Torchwood went in between. You know, would you recommend Dalek
1: Empire to non Doctor Who fans
0: to listen to as an example of what Big Finish Mm -hmm. could do? I think so. Yeah, because there is not too much dialect talk in it and because of that human element of susan and albie i think you could
1: i yeah i probably would as well actually i think there are other things that come later
0: that i would recommend more. it's not gone things up its, its own
1: no, oh. what other sp-
0: <laughs> sorry it's not gone too
1: obsessed
0: a continuity obsessed within itself or, or with the doctor who or with Dark, you know, it's it's its own thing. It's its own. You, this is its own four-part sci-fi series, and it just happens to be the Daleks.
1: If you if you were going to say like ever, I would suggest to a non Doctor Who fan like Dorian Gray, which is brilliant drama, mm. or um, maybe Jago and Lightfoot, which is really fun, mm. or something like Survivors, which is bleak as hell but brilliant. I, I just can't believe they knocked it out of the park. On their very first attempt. No, I'm back. Like, I'm surprised. What's the next spin-off after this? Is it Sarah Jane? Yes, I think so. And I don't mm. think that's anywhere near as mm. successful as this. No. It's good, but this is great. This is, this is proper,
0: epic, pulpy sci-fi. And also, just have to mention the um, lovely cover art and booklet design. Mm. Uh, so they've done really cool. Going back to those 60s comic strips, they've got on the back of a lot of these sort of some great artwork that's inspired by that. It's the TV inside, Century 21. T- that's it, yeah, yeah. TV action. Yeah, yeah. They look beautiful. So the it's got that retro, yeah. that, even the colours of all the, the covers have got that feel to it, that sort of 60s Dalek mania feel, hasn't it? Pulp art. That's yeah. it. Clayton yeah. Hickman
1: did this, and apparently Brie said he wanted this sort of 60s mm. pulpy art and he said oh i'm too scared to do it that was what is it in the book he was too scared to and briggs said i'll oh, just get on with it <laughs> and anyway he was and he was absolutely thrilled what he did although there is that one very funny sh- picture of gareth thomas staring through the staring dalek eyes yeah yeah he looks like he's going hello <laughs> i think the uh, the daleks in a line on project infinity is the best cover though that is beautiful it's in purple
0: yeah, Daleks in
1: purple, very suits it, doesn't it's it? sexy as hell, I tell you. And one of them's spurting his laser all over the place. <laughs> well, there you go, there's the CD. You can go and on it. Thank you. We <laughs> <laughs> don't want to shit on it. Stop talking all about shit. Oh
0: what happened uh, to us? I don't know. Right, let's do a quiz. Yes! <laughs>
1: Okay.
0: Oh, how many questions did you do, I, I did yet. four, one for each one. Oh good. so did I. Okay. <laughs> so Oh well I didn't sort of do one for each one, I just did four questions. Yeah,
1: I did four random questions as well. Yeah. Okay, good. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> well, have you noticed in the last couple though, our questions have
0: been the same? I know. I bet it's same again. We All go. right. It's like family fortunes. <laughs> <laughs> Five seconds, here we go.
1: Do you
0: remember that one
1: where the cartoon looked like it was wanking?
0: That's catchphrase. Oh, what did you say? Family fortunes. What's you know what our fortunes? survey said. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Okay. Uh, who's going first?
1: Uh, I will. Question number one: Who else is doing Dalek voices in this apart from Nicholas
0: Briggs? Uh, I know there are up to four different people doing Dalek voices in this. No, there's only one. No, there's an episode. No, in the last one, there's four different people. Oh. Um, but I do know that Alistair Locke is one uh, of is
1: the correct answer. What do
0: you love? Alistair Locke. No, you love a lock, an Alistair lock. I love an Alistair Locke. Oh, Alistair Locke. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh, Alistair. Okay, question one for you. Yeah, okay, I'm ready. What did Susan's grandmother regularly send her?
1: Pickled <laughs> onions.
0: And she likes them hot, hot, hot.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Fucking love them pickled onions. Um, question two: The drudges first appeared in which Big Finish audio?
0: Oh, drudges, drudges. Sirens of the time. Yeah. the Sylvester McCoy one though. Yeah. Uh,
1: the, yeah. the amazing
0: Alenia <laughs> your name tell me your name <laughs> we been calling
1: Baker somebody's landed on me oh, sorry <laughs> okay
0: question two what was Sarah Moat's first big finish appearance it's Alenia in Sorrow's Time uh-uh. the chimpanzee Technically, I know I've been very sneaky here. Yes, she was in The Sirens of Time, but she also appeared in Bernice Summerfield Buried Treasures. Oh, was that her? And that technically was released August 99. Oh, yes. So, just before The Sirens of Time.
1: She did a Bernice. All right, I'll give you that one.
0: Okay. What
1: connection does Joyce Gibbs have with Doctor Who before
0: this? What, she's been in Doctor Who? No,
1: she's got a family connection.
0: Oh, I, I was reading the same Wikipedia. Go so on. it's her, somebody, her son does the music for some Doctor Who?
1: That's a bit too obscure. I need it more specific than that. I need a name and the story no. scored. I uh, know. I don't know that. No. It's Jonathan Gibbs and he scored Vengeance on Varos and Mark of the Rani.
0: Hey! You didn't get it right. Mm. Sorry. <laughs> Go on. Okay. Name two other big finish stories that have featured the Robo-Men.
1: Sometimes when you read a sentence you know, I'm scared you don't know where it's going. <laughs> yeah, no, I just can't read my writing. <laughs> <laughs> Na- name two other Big Finish stories. <laughs> uh, um, featuring the Robo-Men. Yeah. Well, the Mutant
0: Face yes. definitely
1: had Robo-Men what in was it. What's the
0: American one? Uh, oh,
1: After the fun. Daleks had a Robo-Man in it.
0: After the Daleks? Yeah.
1: Oh, I
0: had a red man in, in the first scene. Oh, yeah. oh, I had Masters of Earth down as well. Oh, that's a good. I
1: like Masters of Earth. Did you Did you like that one? Mm. That's older, older Perry. Perry. Oh, oh no, no, no. We're becoming the same person. Don't shit on me, please. <laughs> um, okay. Four. Name two elements that are discussed from previous Dalek Empire stories. Two elements.
0: Okay. Well, the uh, Library on Car That's right and the, whatever the system that got blown up in yeah, Apocalypse Element. I need the name, I'm afraid. Fuck.
1: You had to try to spell it before, remember?
0: Mm. No, I can't remember it, it's gone. It's the Apocalypse Element, though, it's isn't it? It's the Serifia Galaxy. Serifia, of course it's the Serifia Galaxy. Serendipity. <laughs> is there a Mutant Face reference? Yeah, I think I there is, yeah. I think there is. And I
1: do specifically mention the Wetworks as well in... <laughs> the genocide. Machine. Well, also, we've
0: got the Sirens of Time, the Knights of Alicia. Did we say that was from the Sirens of Time? Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, that's another He's one. A of a- yeah, okay, okay, I'll give you that point. Mm. Okay. What are the Daleks mining for in the Vega system? See, Do you see how you do a sentence? What are the Daleks mining
1: for in the Vega system?
0: <laughs> oh, yes, all right.
1: <laughs> um,. Oh Trick Silicate. Dilacanium
0: Uh I dunno. Vaganite. Vaganite. Yes! yes! I said it before
1: you. I said it before you. Is
0: that only powers something? I can't remember what it only powers, but it's Vaganite. Oh, it's like one of those most precious you know elements in the
1: universe that Doctor Who does every now and again. <laughs> Do you consider yeah, this Doctor Who? It's from the worlds of Doctor Who, yes. I don't consider this Doctor Who. I think I consider Dalek Empire's own unique brand.
0: What it says from the worlds of Doctor Who on the front I cover. I don't care what it says. <laughs> 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 That's not like you and your
1: chronology, is it? <laughs>
0: okay. Well, there we go. I don't know who won that, but we'll do the scores. And yeah. uh, I think you won. Yeah.
1: Uh, oh, I usually do. I think I'm way ahead now, you know. Mm. I think, Let's just say I'm 6-3 mm. ahead. Mm. I, I just want to say one last time before you say, you know, where we're going next. Mm-hmm. Uh, it ain't nothing to do with shitting. Props. <laughs> Props for them taking a punt on this. It didn't have to work. And it does work. So, bravo, big finish. And this is way before it's a spin-off too far, which is where we are now with Jenny, the Doctor's Daughter, and all that sort of stuff. Oh, exactly, yeah, this is... If this had bombed, we wouldn't have had more. No, And it was a big, big success. People still talk about Dalek Empire in hushed tones. If you
0: haven't heard it, give it a try. I think it is free on Spotify. Or Otherwise,
1: it's very cheap. There's nothing to stop you getting a bit of Susan Mendes in
0: your life. No. Bring her on get her in yeah. and, she, and it'll be really good even though you've heard all the spoilers throughout this it doesn't matter the drama is there with Susan and Colin Dorf and Albie Brooke you're going to love them and don't forget <laughs> whilst you're listening Munch on some pickled onions. Oh, do you know what? One thing, <laughs> one thing that this could have done oh, that would no. have made Dalek Empire even amazing. Go on. Yeah, they could kind have of had that. Da, da, yeah. da, that series, too. The only extra thing that I would have loved them to include is the Mechanoids at some point. Oh, wouldn't are that they have been anymore? Ama- no, they don't. No, but the Mechanoids turn up in the, the Juggernauts. Yeah, I know. Do you like that one? Yes, I do. Oh, I do. That's but, amazing. but imagine if they were in the Dalek, that was the only extra thing that they yeah. could have done.
1: Yeah, come on, Nick Briggs.
0: It ain't too late. Dalek Empire <laughs> number five. Because the mechanoids were in the '60s comic strips, weren't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and
1: oh, their voices sound amazing
0: when yeah, they bring them I in in that audio. them in. Yeah.
1: Well, I'm and cool. the, well, no, they were in that weird three D cartoon that they did. Time
0: of Victoria C. Dalek. Yeah, thing. but it was yeah. some
1: some lady doing the voice. And it sounded very strange.
0: So what's her name? Rani from Sarah Jane. Oh, I didn't like it. Oh, okay. I love
1: her, but I didn't like that.
0: That was Queen of the Mechanoids. <laughs> <laughs> Queen of the Mechanoids. <laughs> Come on then. All right then. What Where are we doing next? next? Right, we're back to Doctor Who Main Range next time. Everyone.
1: Oh, yes. And the four
0: stories yeah, I don't know, we I don't are. Oh, I love doing the Main Range the best, I you know? know. It's
1: all these self contained stories.
0: so many, yeah. Right. How many
1: Collins are there? Well, I'm going to tell you. So we okay. have. I'll try and do a, a quote off the top of my head.
0: Go. So we're going to go to. The Eye of the Scorpion. Oh, God.
1: Who are you?
0: That's what they're saying to Ehrman at the end. Mm.
1: Yeah. Colditz. Oh, my God. I really hate Nazis. <laughs> no, wait. Sylvester McCoy. Built on how many corpses? Oh, I'm sure your trains run on time Klein.
0: Primeval. Oh, um. Uh... And The One Doctor. Oh, my God.
1: Ignore what? Talking with you is like arguing with our <laughs> That is a fabulous bunch of stories, isn't really it? a great lot, yeah. yeah they're all, all fantastic.
0: Um, do you know what? I haven't heard um, Cold It's for a very, very long time. I've mean, been primeval. It's back on Shrachan. I know. Your
1: favourite.
0: I know. Nissa look, gets a I
1: romance. Mean, David Tennant plenty, comes along plenty, in Cold we'll, as a Nazi. We'll Klein's it. in it.
0: All of those next time. But until then... Don't forget to finish, finish beef <laughs>